This week on Excelsior Journeys, we welcome back author, screenwriter, producer, teacher, Joel Eisenberg. Joel is here to wrap up our Clubhouse miniseries by telling us about how his room, Writing for Your Life, came together and continues to grow, as well as the various positives and negatives he's encountered during the past several months on the platform. And remember, if you are still waiting for an invitation to the app, just send a screenshot of you subscribing to this podcast to George at He's Got It. Dot com. JLD, do the honors. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, and you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Soroy. Prepare to ignite. Is there a burning desire within to share your creativity with the rest of the world? Do you insist on pursuing your passion by any means necessary? Then you are on an Excelsior journey, and you are not alone. Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys. This is George Soroy. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening in to over 80 episodes. Still can't believe how far we've gone. And if you like what you hear, please feel free to share this show, this episode. You can find everything over on the website at he's got it.com slash podcasts. Now, those of you who tuned into the show last year know that I had a really, really fun interview with uh, screenwriter, author, producer, Joel Eisenberg. And we had a, t- a terrific talk. The two of us have known each other for a while, but at the same time, this was a really great in-depth look into him in a way that I was never privy to before. And with part four and our conclusion of our Clubhouse miniseries, I couldn't think of a better person to have on here than Joel, because one of the first things that I discovered while I was on the Clubhouse app was a room called Writing for Your Life. And this seemed like it was going to be a very interesting show because the guests were Bill Duke and one of our favorites here on the show, Gilbert Adler, producer of Tales from the Crypt. And It was just a terrific Q&A, and Joel was doing a terrific job as the moderator, keeping everything moving, keeping everything fresh. And even when I couldn't figure out exactly how to unmute myself, because I was very new to all of this, we were still able to get keep things moving. I was able to jump back into the conversation, ask my question, and I was... I was hooked, really. I knew that this was going to be a room I was going to want to frequent, and... I was right. One of my it it actually uh, lent itself to one of my favorite moments on Clubhouse when I got to talk with uh, composer editor John Ottman and actually got to let him know about a moment in the X-Men Apocalypse score that I picked up that apparently John was doing on his own and may not have been aware of the link that he created to the good the bad and the ugly and as soon as I brought it up to him, he was like, yeah, yeah, I did it. <laughs> I did that. And it wound up being a really fun moment for for us. So Joel is here to talk about his experience as a Clubhouse moderator and any sort of ups and downs that he has had with the app. I'm really excited for this. Couldn't think of a better person to bring on to close out our Clubhouse miniseries. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the show, Joel Eisenberg. Joel, how are you? I'm good, man. How's it going? Sunday Doing, morning. Yeah, it, it is Sunday Sunday morning, and I am uh, I'm always always excited to talk to you. I always seem to learn a lot from you, 
and and it's and it's always been it's always been great. So I'm so glad to have you back here. Cool. Looking mm-hmm. forward. So so before we get into Clubhouse, you have an announcement to make as as well, correct? Well, if you're referring to the Athon Books, we just took a first look deal from the with the Athon Books library. Athon Books is a science fiction fantasy publisher. A E T H O N Athonbooks.com. Quick plug. And uh, Gil Adler, who you referenced, produced Tales from the Crypt, also produced Valkyrie with Tom Cruise, Superman Returns, Constantine with Keanu Reeves, and a bunch of other movies you've never heard of, Yep, <laughs> um, including those three. But we're partnering on that first look deal, which gives us the first right of refusal for everything they have in their library. And a couple of them now are in active development. And what that means in English is... We are being submitted through agents to various networks as we speak. So that's what's going on right now. Awesome. And that we're starting with Rhett Bruno's, Rhett C. Bruno's The Roach, which is a real cool book. Very cool. So, Very cool. Yeah. That's terrific. So so with that, so with that in mind, everything that you've you've done, everything that you're still doing. What was your experience when you first heard of Clubhouse? What would what did you think was going to happen with that app? All right. So, what's the language barrier on this podcast, George? If you need to, if you need me to label it E, I'll label it E. Okay, I'll be good. <laughs> uh, it was basically what the hell is Clubhouse? Yeah. Okay. A friend of mine called Maya uh, Lipscomb, who is my co-moderator these days, mm-hmm. and uh, she goes, "You got to get on this app." And I'm like, why? And she's, you know, it's great. You know, it's the pandemic and people are talking and so on and so on. And it's not texting and it's not posting. People are having real-time conversations and all of this type of thing. And I'm like, don't I do enough on Facebook or, you know, some of these other sites? It's like, why do I need to go on another social media site? She goes, you'd be good because you're a big mouth and you keep talking and you don't stop. And you know, you know, people and so on and so forth. And Long story short, I said, all right, I'll do it for you, but don't expect, you know, miracles or anything, okay? Right. So I went on, and pretty quickly, I started getting people who follow me on various other social media platforms, started following me me in Clubhouse. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, you should start a group. And my response was the same. I didn't really want to start a group. I had enough stuff on my plate to do something new. But I acquiesced again. She twisted my arm and I started a group called Writing for Your Life. I figured, you know what? I've done articles on Medium about writing and other outlets about writing. Let me, and I speak about it. So let me, you know, do something that I think can help writers. And my quote unquote shtick is that I don't interview guests. What happens is I give listeners access to people they wouldn't normally have access to. Right. So it's very interactive. They ask the questions. I moderate. And like you said, I keep it moving. Mm-hmm. But the people in the audience, the listeners are the ones who ask the questions. So we've had on Oscar and Emmy winners, New York Times bestselling authors, actors, you know, celebrities and uh, movie executives, TV executives, agents and so forth. And in three months, I built this thing up to about 15 and a half thousand people. And I wasn't expecting that. Wow. And that gave me now sort of a responsibility. And I'm trying presently to kind of wean myself off of the platform a little bit because I have, you know, that first look deal that I was mentioning to you. Mm-hmm. 
as well as a George Soroy exclusive. We're back and forth with contracts, so it's not like it's not going to happen. I know it's a double negative there. Right. But we have a, uh, something going on with DDP and a couple of wrestlers for a uh, wrestling-based project. Nice. I uh, think. And uh, you may see some press on it this week if everything comes, the contracts are uh, timely. But anyway, all that being said, I got a lot to do in other projects and so on, TV stuff. Yeah. And uh, so I'm looking for, uh, you know, other moderators to kind of pick up the slack, help me out, because I've had a decrease in number of groups I was doing from like three or four a week. Mm-hmm. It's like maybe one every other week. But the thing is, what's happened is I've gotten a lot of great feedback. And the reason why we've had so many people listening is, and why the group has become so popular, which according to Clubhouse stats as of last week was like the seventh most popular writing group on Clubhouse. Wow. Is because we give that access. If you want to speak to an agent, people say, how do you get an agent? We put an agent on the damn call. Yeah. You know, we'll put an agent in Clubhouse and let the audience ask. And we just kind of go from there. So we give the access, they ask the questions, and that breaks us away from all the other groups that give advice. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, that is terrific. And I just remember, you know, like my, as I said before, my early experiences in your, in your rooms have always been positive and really they continue to be so. So it's, it really is something that, that I, I feel like you, you definitely were able to grab it, run with it and get a lot of people excited about it. There's always just a huge crowd in those rooms. And it's really interesting seeing that sort of, that's that sort of access, like you said. That that's really what it what it really is. It's the access to people that you normally wouldn't have. I wouldn't have been able to like walk up to John Ottman and say like, "Hey, how'd you do? How did you come up with the themes for X 2 It was just like, you know, it's right. that's that's something. You know, I wouldn't have had that if it weren't for your room. And I think that's that's definitely something that that needs to be made made known a lot more, which is why I set up this this whole miniseries in the first place to try to generate more awareness for everyone that's doing right by this app. Now, so you get on there. What was that mm-hmm. first one like that first that first writing for your life experience? I played it easy and I had a friend on. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Bill Duke. Bill Duke and I go back a long way. I'm basically his Jewish brother. Nice. And, you know, he was uh, really cool and he had a good time. And the next one I had another friend on, Gil Adler. Mm-hmm. And at one point I did the both of them together. So I built up my confidence that way. It really, you know, it's really easy for me to do public speaking and be in front of a crowd and talk. Yeah. That's not a problem. Doing this thing on an app I had to get used to. Mm-hmm. But it's the same thing. So, you know, really in terms of after a while, people started asking me if they can guest on the shows. Yeah. And when I've asked people who I do not know who aren't, you know, in my contact list, mm-hmm. invariably, not always, but invariably, they've said yes. Well, most of the time they've said yes. Yeah. That being said, it's, you know, it's been cool. Like I said, if I had more time, maybe I'd be at this present moment more sort of, I guess, into it, for lack of a better phrase. Mm-hmm. But when I do it, I'm very involved. I'm very involved. But I've had to put notices on Twitter of late saying this is why I've been kind of absent from Clubhouse. But look, I, you know, Clubhouse, it was very, very smartly done. Yeah. Again, it's what Maya had said. You know, during the pandemic, you're getting people on the phone, real-time conversations, real reaching out. It, it's not impersonal, like maybe posting can be impersonal. Mm-hmm. This was something that you're directly speaking to people. And uh, brilliant. 
brilliant. Just very, very smart. Now, you know, Twitter has spaces and I think Facebook is looking to copy, you know, copy this as well and do something along these lines. But with all the good stuff comes stuff that's not too positive and we can get into whatever you want to get into about that. Absolutely. Yeah. Because the one thing that I really want people to be made aware of is that just like any other social media app, there are its positives and negatives. And I want to help people kind of like navigate through those negatives as much as they can to really maximize those positives because they're those are out there. You know, like it's you know, I've I've noticed I've noticed a real uptick in my own confidence as a speaker, as someone who participated in the five to nine creatives voiceover competition. And yeah, I went for there were over 100 entrance entrance into that that competition they only picked 16 finalists a 16 semi-finalists and i was one of them and wow, good no thank you now i didn't make the finals i it went from 16 to 6 and then from 6 to 1 and big kudos to ellie rods for uh, who was a previous guest on the show earlier this month but she she wound up being the winner and so she's got a six-month contract with an agent nice. and that the, those are opportunities that would not have come if it weren't for clubhouse so they were the, so I, I got lots of good things to say about the app, but at the same time, I'm very much aware that just like, like I said before, with any other social media app, there is its positives and negatives. Now, what kind of negatives did you discover while you were getting well, started on this? Yeah. Well, before I even get to that, because you mentioned something that's very important. I don't want to lose sight of it. Yeah. I got a lot of offers also from being on the app. Really? So there's a great deal of positive. Look, you know. I've been very critical of agents. I've always said, you know, a good agent will come to you mm -hmm. when you're ready. And not all agents are created equal. Yeah. People always say, you know, how do I look for an agent? How do I look for an agent? How do I look for an agent? I was with the biggest talent agent in the world for two years, CAA. Mm -hmm. Prior to that, I was with Gersh. And I told my wife, I said, I'm never signing with another agent. I can't stand agents. I, I got it. I, there's nothing they can do that I can't do myself. And that actually is true in terms of me being an empowered writer and having a big mouth. I sell a lot. Yeah. The thing is, though, what happens is after a while, you can be on the phone and send emails and do that all day as opposed to create. Mm -hmm. And I was starting to go, you know, I need somebody else to kind of help me. I was thinking, you know, maybe I get a, a, uh, another assistant or whatever it is. But one agent specifically kept reaching out. And, you know, we were talking. It's like, we want to sign you. We want to sign you. We want to sign you. Long and the short is I signed with them. And so far, knock wood, they're doing fine. So, this all came as a direct result of Clubhouse. There have been people who wanted to attach me to various projects as a direct result of Clubhouse. Wow. Some of the projects were real. Some of these projects were they wanted to use what they thought was like, you know, any power I had behind my name, mm -hmm. which arguable, but putting it out there as an attachment and leveraging it. But there have been a lot of legitimate opportunities. So that's a good thing, right? Yeah. There are a lot of people who have gotten a lot of good work. But then the shit happened. I get an email one day, you know, you, you develop a voice on, on this app. And if you have any sense of credibility and people can look you up and they see you've done stuff, people begin to trust you. Mm -hmm. And someone trusts me enough to send me an email. Joel, I'm thinking of spending $30,000 for this guy who could help me get my film financed. I met him on Clubhouse. Uh, do you think I should pay him the $30,000? Money's not the issue. I can afford it. And I'm thinking of sending him a check. Oh, boy. I'm like, exactly. Oh, and boy. Like, don't even think about it. No pressure. Even, no. And we went back and forth and I said, who is this guy? And he didn't want to give me the name and all this, but I, I said, don't do it. 
it's it's just a big fucking mistake. Yeah. And there, there goes your rating, by the way. But Don't I worry. Said it once. <laughs> I say it twice. R. Yeah. But the thing, I'm from Brooklyn. That's my excuse. There you go. I always say that. But anyway, look, the end of the day, that was just the first. Mm-hmm. And then what happened is I started getting more emails from people that I know that started complaining about people looking for money on Clubhouse mm-hmm. for saying that they'll get their film financed or they'll help them find an actor or they'll help them do this or they'll help them do that. They weren't positioning themselves as consultants or anything like this, which right. is a whole other issue. Yeah. Um, a whole other potential issue. There are legitimate consultants and there are consultants who are not. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, people were just really getting out there and trying to take advantage of the dream. Mm-hmm. You know, any artist has a dream. And if you're hungry enough, you do anything to get that dream fulfilled. Yeah. And, you know, sharks know this. Period. So there are a lot of people who were being ripped off. There was somebody who created a project and they signed a bad deal with a an unscrupulous producer they met on Clubhouse mm-hmm. where they didn't realize they just signed their rights away to their entire project they spent two years creating. Oh, no. And uh, <sighs> then Randy Mayhem Singer got involved in a lot of this. Randy was the uh, writer for uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. And she became a friend. And she started getting really fed up with a lot of the stuff that she was seeing on Clubhouse. And she's held regular groups about it and so on. There are any number of scammers on Clubhouse. But here's the thing. you got to check people out. I always tell this to people. It's not Clubhouse's fault. You can't say they don't check, you know, their people. But then neither do Facebook and neither does Twitter. Mm -hmm. Neither does Facebook or Twitter. And so there's always so much you can do. There's always so much oversight you can have. So I always tell people, let the buyer beware, do your mm-hmm. due diligence, look up people, check people's reputations, whatever it is. Yeah. And sure that, you know, you're dealing with somebody who at least has some credibility, has the experience behind them mm-hmm. to this. The other thing is there are an infinite number of groups on Clubhouse, mm-hmm. which really just uh, kind of burn my ass to be completely blunt about it. Really? where advice is given by people who have not sold a single movie Ah. or have not sold a single TV show. Now, let's be real. That makes an awful lot of people who have not sold and people are, Mm -hmm. you know, who have dreams to pursue and eventually, hopefully they'll be able to make it. Yeah. But when I go on a site, like a few weeks ago, I'm on a a room rather on clubhouse and it was uh, how to have your movie gross $100 million or something like this from somebody who has never sold a movie they don't have a filmography how can you hold a group like that yeah or how do you have advice there's another one like how to land one of the four big publishing houses one of the three big publishing houses and what happens is they never sold a book to a major publisher so you you get a lot of this Mm -hmm. and what happens is a lot of people then listen to that advice and they're led the wrong way yeah so that kind of lit a fire under me. And at that point I was increasing my writing for your life, you know, episodes to where I got as many guests as possible talking about their real life experiences and so forth and so on and how they did it. And, you know, basically it's all about, you know, learn from what makes sense to you. And if you like what this person says, then, you know, use that strategy. If you don't discard that strategy, but at least we're bringing to the table as many people who have made it who have had New York Times bestsellers, who have won, John Ottman won the Oscar. You mentioned John. Yep. He won the Oscar for editing Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. 
You know, so the thing is, these are the people that we bring on and we try to relate everything to writing in some capacity or another. Yeah. And the one thing we don't do is we don't just give advice. Mm -hmm. You know, people will ask questions about how they did it and kind of, like I said, take or not take what they want to from there. Yeah. And there, there is a little, there are, there were a couple of advice questions that I remember dropping, especially for the, uh, the, the team up one with Bill Duke and Gil Adler. And I got some very good feedback, you know, from that. It was basically just, it was, it was basically just thinking, you know, you only live once, you know, so why hold on to, why hold on to something? And if you, if there's no, if there's no guarantee for the other thing, you know, and so just go forward and just go forward and conquer, you know, and no, totally. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's all right. And, but one thing to, uh, to note what, what you were saying is that it seems like, what Clubhouse is doing is, in addition to all the good that it's doing, and there is a lot of good there, but it's also giving, and this is something that I've noticed, it's it's allowing people's, like, uh, shield kind of to come down a little bit because they are, they're hearing someone's voice and they're seeing, like, you know, a name or something that more often than not that's attached to them and what they're not seeing is they're not seeing like the Nigerian prince email or anything like that. You know, you don't see, you don't see like the, the, the spammy emails and you don't see the, the abusive texts or any, or emails or anything like that, that come, that come your way. So because of that, because of that shield coming down a little bit, that's allowing people like these unscrupulous producers to really kind of pounce on that. And that's, that's one thing that I've noticed is that, you know, people are a little bit more trusting on this app because of what it offers, because of its interface. That's a fantastic point. I mean, that's an absolutely fantastic point. You know, those Nigerian emails, we've all got them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How many of us have answered them? And when you hear someone's voice on Clubhouse and you put a face to the name or, you know, you look at a profile picture and then you hear a voice. Yeah, it, it makes it a little more personal. Yeah. I mean, I was on, you know, I snuck in a room a few weeks ago. And it was a, uh, a guy and an attorney, and the guy was doing business for the attorney. And if you want this attorney to help you find money, just, you know, pay the due diligence fee of $12,000, blah, 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 blah. Like, it just drives me nuts. But, you know, look, the thing is, again, I don't want to lose sight that there is a lot of good in this. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, there's a ton of good, you know, on the platform. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing is, look, it really depends on if you want to become, if a person wants to become clubhouse famous, or if they want to make a career. Yeah. What happens after being clubhouse famous? You know, there are people, somebody posted on Twitter and he's not really somebody. I know the person, but I will just say somebody for this. And I, I, I shared this. I host, he says something like I host a hundred hours worth of clubhouse rooms a week. Wow. And the hundred hours worth of clubhouse rooms a week are basically all advice on how to make it in the movie business. And again, it goes back to, well, did this person make it in the movie business? Did he do more than an A film? Did he even do a film? Right. And and, and, and not only that, but you know, like if you're doing 100 hours a week, when the hell are you going to have time to do yeah, what well, you actually do? <laughs> okay, now I don't, I don't know if you read my Twitter. I know you're on my Facebook, but on yeah. my Twitter, I put exactly that. I'm like, you know, it, 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 you know there, and the title of the group alludes to people who get stuff done. Yeah. I'm like, how do you get stuff done? If you're doing 100 hours a week, you know, and, and it just gets there's not an executive in town who's going to be on that app, who's going to look at someone trying to be clubhouse famous, mm-hmm. getting as many connections as they can. And 
hosting 100 groups and sneaking into other rooms to try to get, you know, the connection base up and so on. There are a lot of ways to do that, too. Yeah. There's not an exec in town that's going to look at that and say, wow, this guy's clubhouse famous. Maybe I'm going to use him for one of my projects as a writer. Right. It doesn't quite work that way. Now, there's a difference between being TikTok famous, potentially, or being Instagram famous, potentially, or YouTube famous, potentially. You know, someone comes with a clever act, whatever. It's on film. Look, someone, and that, one of the networks just made a deal with someone from a, a family from Hulu. Yeah. Daughter's an influencer. And it was like $4 million. But on Clubhouse, it's a little different. People think they're going to get Clubhouse famous and be discovered. Clubhouse, again, to me, is something I wanted to do to give back. I don't expect everybody to be that way. Yeah. But to me, it was to give back. And then unexpected opportunities came as a result of it. And I'm like, great, this is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then what I try to do when I speak on my groups and I moderate is I'll mention, you know, a couple of things. I'll put up a couple of pointers out that have helped me. And if you want to use them, use them. If you don't, you don't. Mm-hmm. But one of the pointers is basically, look, you know, if you get a lot of fans and friends and so forth on Clubhouse, fantastic. But try to spin it off into something that can positively influence your career. Yeah. Because if you're, again, in entertainment rooms or writing rooms or art rooms or creativity rooms and you want to make a career out of this, mm-hmm. how the hell are you spending 100 hours a week on face on, on Clubhouse? Yeah, it's you all know? real time. You know, like, yeah, because with TikTok and, and Instagram, like everything is recorded. Like you can do like you can spend a couple of hours or something like that and have, you know, several videos in your draft folder right. ready to go. But you don't have that luxury with Clubhouse. It's all real time. So it's not right. like you can just like record yourself talking to someone, yeah. you know, then, right. then it comes off like a George Jetson, you know, clip. So, <laughs> and with this, you know, look, there are exceptions to every rule, mm-hmm. right? So oh, somebody yeah. tomorrow covered off a clubhouse and they see this podcast and they say, Joel Eisenberg was wrong. Look what happened to me. Well, that's an exception. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, it's not the case rather for everybody. You know, but again, just to be clear, Clubhouse, I think, is a terrific app. Yeah. But I think it has to be used with some discretion mm-hmm. because, again, if I want to go into a room, I don't want to be forced to buy somebody's coffee mug yeah, or T-shirt or whatever. And there are people who have a lot of merchandise based on their moderating rooms on Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. And but look, am I thinly, am I kind of, you know, insulting people with thinly veiled kind of references. You know what? I'm not insulting anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm just basically saying what I see. But yeah, those references are not so thinly veiled. I am referring to several people specifically. <laughs> and people who see this will know exactly who I'm talking about. Right. And that's fine. But here's the point, though. I don't have an issue with Clubhouse fame, so to speak, and making money off of it and selling merchandise and all. It's just be honest about your intentions. Yeah. And for the people buying the merchandise and doing this and doing that and doing the other, look and see what their experience is. Mm-hmm. And if you go, and these are all rooms that kind of go with the, you know, we're going to give you the best advice in the world type of thing on how to make it in this business. And that yet the moderators haven't necessarily made it in the business. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's the truth. I, I was, I've been kind of mulling about an, an idea that I've had a little bit regarding eventually getting into that moderating game. Now, I I don't sure, believe... Be I, I, well, thank you. Now, I'm I'm not sure if I 
you know, like would de- I definitely won't have the hundred hours that 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 somebody else is 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 bragging about. But I can and the rooms that I would provide would not be, you know, here's how to get a hundred million clicks or something like that on your podcast. You know, like this is how you get, you know, twenty thousand subscribers. What I can do is say this is how you get started. This is right. and that's what I feel like if I were to have an audience, I feel like that's where it would be. The people that are curious enough about what it is that I do regarding podcasting, regarding audiobook narrating or something and just mm-hmm. want to get started. I can help you there. And then it's up to you to kind of take that ball and run with it. But I can at right. least get get you going on the foundation of everything. Right. Here's here's an issue. Let me bring this up. Yeah. And this happened actually. I started getting texts on this about two months ago, I think, from a couple of from from one showrunner mm-hmm. of three very successful network shows, another showrunner of six very successful network shows, mm-hmm. and six or seven, and uh, someone who wrote a very successful blockbuster film, mm. and they were all on a an advice room in Clubhouse. Yeah, and how do I know this because I get the texts and we're on you know been on a chain and or you know get the calls or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they were totally, this caused like a whole kind of World War III thing. They were called old and they didn't know how the business worked anymore. Yeah. One of these entities who did the blockbuster film is doing a show presently for Sony as an executive producer. Wow. Another one, an Emmy last year for a show. And another has been out for a bit since before COVID. So he's having a legitimate hard time. Mm-hmm. But the the thing is, these three people were called old and out of date. Wow. And they didn't know the rules of the business anymore. The business doesn't work like this anymore and so on and so forth. And the word old was actually used. And look at me, man. I got a white beard and all this. I don't even know if I'm on video on this thing or if I'm on audio only or what. Audio only, but, but yeah, yeah. But audio only. We'll, we'll, t- we'll take we'll take your word for it. You know, like I I know you have you have the you got the 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 Dude, I'm, lighter I'm, facial look, hair there. So yeah, there you go. Look, I'm 57 years old, right. and the thing is, if I was in that room, I would have picked up that argument too, and I would have been called old too. Mm-hmm. The thing is, you're, you're telling people who have made real significant you know, achievements in this business, blockbuster films, show running major network shows, winning an Emmy and so forth. Mm-hmm. And you're saying they're old. They don't know how the business works anymore. What started that is a conversation about decks and Bibles that some executives are asking for. Uh, a lot of executives are asking for, mm-hmm. but not everybody. They didn't used to do it that way. And someone mentioned they didn't used to do it that way. And that started this whole conversation that, you know, you're all old, you're giving, you shouldn't even be giving advice on clubhouse because you don't know what you're talking about. And somebody said, we were just saying what it was like when we were doing this, we weren't saying that this is the case now. And somebody else came up and said, yeah, but you know what, who are we going to listen to somebody in the new Hollywood or somebody who, you know, has been, and I'm like, listen, I'm getting these texts and I'm w- wishing that I was on that damn call. Yeah. But yeah, there's stuff like that that goes on a lot of, you know, kind of disrespecting people who have paved the way and all. But, you know, again, it goes back to, you got me in a mood this morning or something, George, I tell you, it's early <laughs> Sunday and I haven't had my videos or whatever. Should, but, I apolo- uh, should I apologize? Man, if, if you keep me, you know, much longer, I may start dropping names. But, but you know, look, the reality is, again, the app, use the app and make it exactly what you need that app to be. Yeah. Be honest about your intentions. If you're a listener and you're looking for don't spend money to make money. Don't spend money on anybody who's saying they're going to make you, you know, they're going to 
finance a $5 million movie and they need this money for closing costs. Don't listen to any of that bullshit. Yeah. At the end of the day, you know, it's all a matter of, you know, take, there's no one way of making it in any writing business, be it film, TV, novel writing, whatever. Mm -hmm. There is no one way. Yeah. It's a jungle out there. It's all the wild west. Everybody has their own journeys and their own paths, Mm -hmm. you know, excel journeys happens to be the name of this podcast everybody has their own individual journeys yeah and so like i said there are no hard and fast rules there's just one you want to make it as a writer there's one secret you ready mm-hmm. right yeah if you don't write you're not going to make it as a writer right period perfect your craft network 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 but it all begins with writing yeah and if you want that credibility on your side, when you're networking with people on Clubhouse who can make a difference in your career, you best show them that you're capable of being the recipient of a $5 million investment for a feature film mm-hmm. or somebody that a network's going to trust with a bunch of money to write you know, a script. You need to really show these people that. And I've brought on executives from ABC and this and that and the other, and people are looking. But you need to prove that you're capable and they can trust you to deliver. Yeah. And these are the people who are on Clubhouse that if you're doing doling out, you know, ridiculous advice without having the experience and you're trying to get other people to follow your ridiculous advice so they can continue to listen to you and buy T-shirts and this and that and the other, you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. But you can use that app to network. It's the best networking app I've ever been on. That, yeah. I, I can't agree with you more on that. I have gotten so much out of Clubhouse in just the, the few months that I've been on. And thank you again, KM Robinson, for that invite that got this that got this whole thing started. You're taking the credit and the blame, whatever. <laughs> but you're I am, you know, I so much has happened to me that's been a positive as a result of being involved in this app and meeting the kind of people that I would not have met otherwise. Now earlier you were we were uh, you had mentioned Twitter's attempts to get their clubhouse-based app off the ground and Facebook working on their quote-unquote clubhouse killer. That's what uh, everyone keeps talking about. But have you been have you been privy to any of the details that go with that? Do you think that they're actually going to make a dent or is clubhouse just going to keep on doing its own thing? Well, you know, I, the last, last I heard, clubhouse had a valuation of like $4 billion or something. But Twitter has that much more money behind it. Do I think it's going to make a dent? It can. I was speaking to somebody the other day, and they were pretty adamant. I I don't know if I agree with this or not, but they were pretty adamant that once a pandemic really becomes completely manageable, that these kind of platforms will disappear. Mm -hmm. I don't really agree with it, but it's food for thought that I do know that this person was not the only person to say this. Yeah. And there has been concern if you go online and you Google and you look at clubhouse retention and things along these lines, that they're a lot less now than they were just a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe now with you know people on Android being able to get on, it'd be different. But I think they're here to stay. In terms of Twitter, I don't think Spaces has gotten, I, I could be wrong, I just don't think it's gotten that much real leverage yet. But yeah. Twitter has a ton of money. Facebook has a ton of money. Mm-hmm. If they went all in on this, could they take what Clubhouse has built? Yeah, they probably could, especially if it's, you know, really the same thing. Yeah. So, you know, look, I think Clubhouse came on at a good time. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, it's a viable entity. But I will say 
just going back to the scams and the scam artists and so forth that are around there, I speak to a lot of people and I know a lot of people. And I'm not saying that. You see, I bring a lot of guests on. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, there are a lot of these people who don't want to go back on Clubhouse because they see what it's becoming, mm. according to, which is basically a way for you know people to take advantage of other people. Yeah. And you're wrong. You know, Clubhouse can be whatever you make it out to be. Mm -hmm. But there there should be, if, if it's not going to be an oversight thing, and it's not, there just really needs to be education on the part of the listeners to really, you know, look and see and due diligence, like I said, about who you're listening to. Because mm -hmm. if you're taking bad advice, that's not going to help anybody. Right. Right. And just, you know, just kind of, you know, getting back to a little bit about what I remember Gary Vee saying that with what social media does, it doesn't turn people evil. What it does is expose who they are. And so like whatever, you know, whatever ideas they've been having about, you know, like kind of ripping people off or trolling people or whatever, that's always been there. All that social media is doing is giving you a platform. And the one yeah. thing that I I'm shocked that Twitter is getting involved. Yes. Facebook is getting involved. Yes. Why not LinkedIn? You know, that's, it's right there. LinkedIn is all about networking. So why not just have their own kind of app so that they can drop that right in there so people can start networking with each other on their own LinkedIn page right away? Yeah, I mean, it sounds good to me, but I think at this point it's kind of saturated. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's true. Man, that, that is true. And I know that I know that people can immediately just kind of log, you know, can go ahead and send a DM to someone on their Instagram page. And I think that's the same thing on LinkedIn. Am I correct? You can send messages on LinkedIn. They have this thing called it's called iMessage or something. And you get a certain number for free. And I think after that, you have to pay for it. Perfect. OK. Yeah. So so at least there's some some sense of, of LinkedIn getting getting some sort LinkedIn of some sort some sort of involvement in there. LinkedIn would be good. I mean, I, I have a free account on LinkedIn. I have like, you know, the 30,000 members limit right. uh, thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, LinkedIn, you know, it positions itself as a professional networking tool. Yeah. And yeah, no, I mean, there, there, there potentially could be value, but I think there's also a perception, like I said, that this may be a little saturated at this point, but maybe LinkedIn comes up with something else. Yeah. Maybe it's vision. I don't know. Mm -hmm. To where they potentially improve the quality of their networking platform. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So is there any, are there any events that are upcoming for, for writing for your life that you'd like to promote? Well, again, with a caveat that I've been off for a couple of weeks. Right. Oh, and keep in mind, this is going to air on not this Tuesday, but next Tuesday. Okay. Not this Tuesday, but next Tuesday. No, this Tuesday, we do have one. So it'll be passed by the time this airs. D, D. Wallace Stone, who, in addition to playing Elliot's mom and E.T. and Cujo and, you know, and Cujo and the Hills Have Eyes and this and that and the other, she's also a, an acting coach and an author. Awesome. So we have her on this coming Tuesday, but I don't, haven't planned anything out for that far ahead, but I appreciate the question. And let me just say this. Look, yeah. I don't want to come across as an old fart, mm -hmm. although I am. I am an old <laughs> fart. I don't want to come across as an old fart in terms of, you know, you know, Clubhouse is awesome. Clubhouse is wonderful. Clubhouse, and this guy's just shitting on it because blah, blah, blah. It's not about that. And I'm not shitting on it. Like I said, it's the world's greatest networking platform as far mm -hmm. as I'm concerned. Yeah. Had far more success as a novelist and as a screenwriter and producer networking off of this platform 
than I have in any other social media platform that I have had even paying for, you know, people to publicists. I couldn't think of the word for a minute. Right. You know, so the thing is, it can be used just phenomenally, phenomenally well. Mm-hmm. But what I don't really care to hear is too many people saying, how come I'm not getting anywhere near the results, blah, 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 blah. Well, you can. And it's all about meeting people who influence your career. You're the writer. You're empowered. You have the asset. Mm -hmm. But you have to be careful on any app, whether it's Clubhouse, any social media app, whether it's Clubhouse or or Twitter or anything, Mm -hmm. because you have one shot to make a good impression on that person who can make a difference in your career. Yes. So what are you going to do? Are you going to listen to just any general advice? I mean, it, it boggles my mind that I go on uh, Clubhouse, I'll sneak on at like three or four in the morning, and there are already like, I don't know, 50, 60, 70, how to, you know, do about how to write a great screenplay or how to respond to an executive when they give you criticism or how to this, how to that. There's so many advice rooms. Then you click on the profile of the people who are hosting them. It's like they're a veterinarian, Mm. you know, and they're writing in their spare time. And yet they're giving this advice. And that's the type of thing that, you know, again, advice is great. People do mean well, Mm -hmm. but at least some credibility behind that advice. Yeah. So, again, I'm not pushing people to go on to writing for your life. Although, yeah, I think it's the best writing group on there because I'm not giving you any advice. People who have already been there, you know, are give sharing their journeys. Mm-hmm. But I'm not asking you to go on. I'm not asking any of the listeners to to listen to the anti-seller, George. I'm not telling people to turn away. <laughs> but I'm not telling to sell. Right. Because, again, it's all about what do you want in your career? Mm-hmm. Do you want to succeed? Do you want to become Clubhouse famous? It's all up to you and what you're looking for. And if you're looking for good advice from people who have been there before, check out my room. If you're looking to have 50,000 clubhouse friends within six months, there are other rooms for that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so the, the group is called writing for your life and how can, how can uh, clubhouse listeners, clubhouse members find you? Well, to find me, just click on uh, Joel Eisenberg and follow me. And uh, for Writing for Your Life, just search Writing for Your Life and click on follow or join and you're good to go. You'll get notifications whenever we run new groups. I'll come over your phones and so on. Fabulous. The group is called Writing for Your Life. I wholeheartedly recommend that everyone who is who is on Clubhouse definitely go ahead and follow, especially if, if you are someone who is creative, someone who wants to get some really good networking in there wants to who has a project who has a voice that they want to send out to the world you really need to listen to joel you definitely need to listen to the guests that he brings on and this has just been a really really great mini series uh so i hope that all of you who have been curious about Clubhouse, who have just started with Clubhouse. For Android users, I hope that that you have all really gotten yourselves in, integrated with this app. 
I hope that you've been able to navigate any of the negatives in it. I hope that you've been able to maximize those positives. And I hope that the that these four episodes have been an assistance to, to that. So for Joel Eisenberg, this is George Soroy saying to all of you, Ever Upward, and I will see you next week. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. If you've never been an Audible customer and want to see what they offer, just go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title for free, and start listening. It's that easy. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. And with this free 30-day trial, you'll have your pick of it all. You can hear books of all genres narrated by Jim Dale, Stephen Fry, Will Patton, Alex Hyde-White, Jeff Brick, Neil Shaw, William Demerit, and even a few by me, George Soroy. So go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and start your own 30-day journey with Audible today.